Ingersoll on the Holy Bible From the Works of Robert G. Ingersoll Volume 3 Lectures About the Holy Bible This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Rita Boutros About the Holy Bible Section 8 The Philosophy of Christ Millions assert that the philosophy of Christ is perfect, that he was the wisest that ever littered speech. Let us see. Resist not evil. If smitten on one cheek, turn the other. Is there any philosophy, any wisdom in this? Christ takes from goodness, from virtue, from the truth, the right of self-defense. Vice becomes the master of the world, and the good become the victims of the infamous. No man has the right to protect himself, his property, his wife and children. Government becomes impossible, and the world is at the mercy of criminals. Is there any absurdity beyond this? Love your enemies. Is this possible? Did any human being ever love his enemies? Did Christ love his when he denounced them as whited sepulchres, hypocrites and vipers? We cannot love those who hate us. Hatred in the hearts of others does not breed love in ours. Not to resist evil is absurd. To love your enemies is impossible. Take no thought for the morrow. The idea was that God would take care of us as he did of sparrows and lilies. Is there the least sense in that belief? Does God take care of anybody? Can we live without taking thought for the morrow? To plough, to sow, to cultivate, to harvest, is to take thought for the morrow. We plan and work for the future, for our children, for the unborn generations to come. Without this forethought, there could be no progress, no civilization. The world would go back to the caves and dens of savagery. If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. Why? Because it is better that one of our members should perish than the whole body should be cast into hell. Is there any wisdom in putting out your eyes or cutting off your hands? Is it possible to extract from these extravagant sayings the smallest grain of common sense? Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is his holy city. Here we find the astronomy and geology of Christ. Heaven is the throne of God, the monarch. The earth is his footstool, a footstool that turns over at the rate of a thousand miles an hour and sweeps through space at the rate of over a thousand miles a minute. Where did Christ think heaven was? Why was Jerusalem a holy city? Was it because the inhabitants were ignorant, cruel, and superstitious? If any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Is there any philosophy, any good sense, in that commandment? Would it not be just as sensible to say, If a man obtains a judgment against you for one hundred dollars, give him two hundred? Only the insane could give or follow this advice. 
think not i am come to send peace on earth i came not to send peace but a sword for i am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother if this is true how much better it would have been had he remained away is it possible that he who said resist not evil came to bring a sword that he who said love your enemies came to destroy the peace of the world to set father against son and daughter against mother what a glorious mission he did bring a sword and the sword was wet for a thousand years with innocent blood in millions of hearts he sowed the seeds of hatred and revenge he divided nations and families put out the light of reason and petrified the hearts of men and every one that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold shall inherit everlasting life according to the writer of matthew christ the compassionate the merciful uttered these terrible words is it possible that christ offered the bribe of eternal joy to those who would desert their fathers their mothers their wives and children are we to win the happiness of heaven by deserting the ones we love is a home to be ruined here for the sake of a mansion there and yet it is said that christ is an example for all the world did he desert his father and mother he said speaking to his mother woman what have I to do with thee? The Pharisees said unto Christ, Is it lawful to pay tribute unto Caesar? Christ said, Show me the tribute money. They brought him a penny, and he saith unto them, Whose is the image and the superscription? They said, Caesar's. And Christ said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Did Christ think that the money belonged to Caesar because his image and superscription were stamped upon it? Did the penny belong to Caesar or to the man who had earned it? Had Caesar the right to demand it because it was adorned with his image? Does it appear from this conversation that Christ understood the real nature and use of money? Can we now say that Christ was the greatest of philosophers? End of Section 8 The Philosophy of Christ